Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa, presents Cappy. He will join us coming up here in about, oh, 10, 12 minutes, somewhere in that area. And then Bill Bender on college football. Speaking of college football, Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register, just tweeted out that uh, Ben Sauls, the kicker who just committed to Iowa State, Trent, even though there's this signing day not what it used to be, there's a little drama. Oh, oh no, what's happening? Uh, ben Sauls will not be kicking in the Big 12. He'll be doing so in the ACC. He's going to Pitt. Going to Pitt? Pitt. You lost a dude to Pitt? You lost a dude to Pitt. An Ohio kid has uh, flipped his commit at the last minute. Narduzzi must have come hard. I guess. I Do, does he know that Narduzzi's going to be his coach? So does that make sense to you? Don't you think it's fickle one, Narduzzi two? Or is it Narduzzi? I mean, one? I think I'd go vice versa. Yeah, you can make that case. Been there, done that. We saw Luke Fickle in the Big Ten. It yes, didn't go we very did. well. A lot of other circumstances certainly surrounding the program at yeah. that time that he didn't have a bunch of control over. Mm-hmm. But it's still Ohio State. He had plenty of talent and didn't win at the level we've seen pretty much every other year for the last few decades for the Buckeyes. So Campbell does not get his kicker. Ben Sauls is headed to Pitt after committing last week, or late in the process anyways, to Iowa State. We'll have a couple of minutes, so let's do this. We bring it up with Cappy, and uh, the reason I say we bring it up with Cappy is we tape Cappy. If you're new to the program, welcome. Thank you. Uh, we have to tape Cappy because he's on the air in Chicago at this very moment. So we tape him at 11, 11, at uh, 8.30-ish uh, every Wednesday morning, and we're going to talk to him about Pete Rose, who is petitioning Major League Baseball. He's been banned for life. He's uh, the, it was Giamatti, then Faye Vincent, and Rob Manfred. Most recently, has come out and said there's no way that uh, Pete Rose will ever be reinstated uh, into baseball. His lawyer is now back at the MLB's door, petitioning for at least a meeting, a hearing, and it has to do with. The Astros situation, the fact that they cheated to win a World Series, and they did cheat. Yeah. <laughs> they absolutely cheated mm-hmm. to win a World Series, and they've paid a price. But, you know, you can argue if the price was uh, steep enough that they did pay. So Pete Rose's attorney is saying there can't be two sets of rules. Um, okay. You know, you banned, you banned Pete for—he's for, 79—it'll uh, be 79 in April. Or coming up here, he's going to be 79 years old. So, I mean, the dude— he paid a steep price. He gambled, and I know in every locker room, in every dugout, one of the cardinal, one of the rules. The and it's not an unwritten rule; it is a written rule. No gambling, no pepper, no gambling. Right. <laughs> I never understood that one. Did yeah, you? Yeah, I, I don't know what it, was it supposed to bang up the fence or I something guess. like that. You can't play pepper. No pepper games. No pepper here. Uh, so it's no gambling, and then you uh, number two is no pepper. But but anyways, um, look here's the here's the the sin that he committed when he didn't bet on his team. 
Now, what's he saying when he's not betting on the Reds? We're going to beat that day. Right. I don't, we don't have a chance. And, and to be completely honest, I still don't believe that's the case either. That he didn't bet? That, that he didn't bet on the team that he was managing yeah. at that time. Trent, uh, look, I, I first came across Pete Rose in 1990, and I went to Cincinnati to take... T- T- Turfway Park is a racetrack just outside Cincinnati. Okay. And they had a in the press box a room, a private... Not this is a track, right? Right, right. They had a private suite, the Pete Rose room, where he would show up. Apparently, I never saw it, but people mm-hmm. that work there tell me he would show up with shopping bags hmm. full of ones and fives and tens. You know how we save nickels and dimes and quarters in a jar. Yep. You know, at Christmas we cash them in and take them to the bank, and we get a couple hundred bucks. And Pete would bring his. Eh, you know, the weeds in his wallet, the ones, the fives, and the ten. He pulled the weeds, and that's how he came to the track. Joe O'Donnell, last week in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. told me that he paid to have the Pete Rose experience when he was there. Oh, nice. Two weeks ago. he, I think he's over at MGM now. He was at the Mandalay Bay forever, and he still bets with both fists. I mean, he fires at the horses from the time the first signal comes on until there's too many people that start bugging him, and then he, you know, he goes to his autograph deal. But that aside, isn't it time... Oh, it's time. It's past time. It's certainly when you see the evolution of sports wagering, what is happening in that market now across the country, it doesn't have that same kind of negative stigma that it once did. Mm-hmm. It's time. The guy it's is taken out of the back alleys. Yes, yeah. no doubt that that has moved on, and I think everybody, I mean, everybody understands it. And, and it's they're not putting him in for being a manager. No, they're putting him in He's the hit king for what he was as a player in the game. Unfortunately, I still think it's going to go one. It's going to go one way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has a chance in hell. I'm with you. He will get into the Hall of Fame when he's dead. Yes, when he is six feet under. Mm-hmm. That is when it's going to happen for him. Mm-hmm. It'll have, happen posthumously, and he'll get in. And it'll be one of his kids will be up there to give the speech, whatever it may be. But unfortunately, I think that's the same end game that many people have thought for a long, long time. That's going to continue regardless of how many lawyers he has with him. Mm-hmm. Does, does this make his case a little more likely to be heard, the fact that the Astros thing is such an egregious case and it's so here and now and on the tip front of everybody's mind still? Well, it's so egregious, yet none of the players are going to have anything happen point. to them. They, they got nothing. No. Manager and a general manager walked the plank and that was it. Doesn't matter. Uh-uh. Marwin and Gonzalez. Trent, they're, they're denying it. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. No. I mean, don't touch, don't rip the shirt, don't rip the shirt. I mean, come on. You can see the microphone underneath You there. can see him saying the words, Yes, I'm wearing a wire. I'm wearing a wire, precisely. Now, you see that in a movie, it's a different circumstance. In baseball, though, and what we're knowing, he was getting tipped what the pitches were. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple equation, yet nothing's going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. And Alex Bregman, and on and on and on, Correa, up and down that roster. Springer, all of them. Nothing. No penalty. Nope. No penalty. Penalty for already for Pete Rose. I don't think this changes things. I think we both came to the very same conclusion. It'll happen after he moves on. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to move on. Uh, David Kaplan will join the program next. Lots of ground to cover with Cappy. We will get to that here uh, on the other side after this break. But right now, let's uh, help you pay your bills with iHeartRadio 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Text the keyword JOCK to 200-200 right now. That's your chance to win 1000 Jock. 
to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. David Kaplan from Chicago joins us next. Bill Bender on college football. Back to the D'Antonio situation with Bill. A couple of other college football topics to get to as well as we take you up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and now on 102. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back. Uh, still to come, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. More on D'Antonio and some other college football topics that are percolating out there. But off we go to Chicago. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. He is David Kaplan, NBC Sports, and of course ESPN 1000. Cap, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. How are you guys? Doing well. Lots of ground to cover. The Bryant stuff, baseball with a blockbuster trade. But I want to start with your radio partner, at least, at least for a couple of days this week. Kyle Long's working with it. Started yesterday. You got him today, here, and tomorrow. Uh, Trubisky thing in a second, but is, is Kyle Long got a future in this if he wants to? 100%. Yeah. Kyle Long could do anything he wants to do. Yes, he's got a future, whatever he chooses. Good. He's really talented. Uh, I'm sure Trubisky came up in the conversation yesterday. What did the former right guard say about his quarterback? And uh, did he maybe alleviate some of the fears that Bears Nation has regarding Trubisky? Did he, uh, or, or how was the, how was that addressed, Cap? Uh, he's way more positive on Mitchell Trubisky than most in Chicago. Yeah. You know I've always been supportive of Mitchell, and I think he can be a really good football player. Um, Kyle said, look, we didn't block well enough for him as a group. He said, I physically couldn't do it anymore. Yep. He said, so that's why I'm sitting here with you, because <laughs> we couldn't protect Mitch. He said, we didn't do a good enough job then blocking to run the football, so that didn't help Mitch. And he said, our tight ends were banged up or out like Trey Burton. And we have to be better. He said, I think if you surround him with the right pieces, we can absolutely win with Mitchell Trubisky. So after the Super Bowl, of course, the conversation's out there about what could have been. Has that been something that has been talked about with callers, the frustration, seeing Patrick Mahomes, the guy that went much much later than Mitchell Trubisky in the draft, him winning his first Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, we asked Kyle that question, and he said... Yeah, I mean, look, he goes, I love watching Patrick Mahomes because he's going to the Hall of Fame and mm-hmm. he's generational and he's amazing. He goes, but I don't get caught up in, oh, God, the Bears left him on the board. He said, for how long are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. He's been in the league now, 17, 18, 19. He said, you're going to do that 10 years from now? He said, I just watch that guy to enjoy his talent and I rally around our guy. He said, mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Is long done, Cappy? Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm, yep. 100%. I don't see any scenario where he can physically do it. Plus, he told us yesterday he was 352 pounds in the wild card game a year ago. Wow. 352. Jeez. And he weighed in yesterday before he came on the air. said he jumped on the scale 
He was 275. (laughs) He lost a lot of weight, and he looks amazing. Good stuff. Well, Cap, let's get to the news that broke literally about five seconds, or five minutes, rather, after uh, Trenton, you and I hung up last week, and that's Chris Bryant, that he he lost his dispute, that the arbitration did not go his way um, regarding the the service time. So what does that do, Cap? Obviously, if if indeed the trade is to come, and a lot of folks think it's going to, it, it, uh, it opens up a much bigger haul that the Cubs will get back, having that extra year of control so i guess does that make it more likely we'll just cut through the chase is chris bryant in arizona when the uh, when the cubs get there in a couple of weeks is he part of spring training with chicago um i think they're going to explore every possible avenue to trade him just like you saw boston but people in chicago have got to be prepared to not get the return and again mookie betts has one year left chris bryant has two years of control so they may get a little more, but he's also not as good a player as Mookie mm-hmm. Betts. And I think the Cubs are getting frustrated. In fact, I can tell you with 100% certainty that they are frustrated that he's not valued by the industry to the degree that I think the fan base thinks he should be and expects him to be. They just don't seem to have the same love around the game. They'll take him. Good player. But do they look at him and go, i got to move heaven and earth and give up the best possible prospects in the, in the game to get this guy, empty my system so I can get Chris Bryant? No, I don't think that it's that. And I think that there is a growing sense of frustration in the executive suite over there that we got to move this guy. We want to move the money. We do want to reset and get under the luxury tax. And, oh, God, we're going to get killed when we make this trade because we can't get as much as people think we should. So let's say the Cubs get off to a good start. Chris Bryant's part of the team. They get through 2020 and 2021. Is there so much bad will that regardless of what would happen this two years, that he's going somewhere else at the end of it? There is no bad will. I don't think there's mm. any bad will. <laughs> I think there is. He likes being a Cub. I think he would sign an extension tonight if the extension was in line with what Scott Boris thinks he should get paid. But I had people close to Chris tell me last week, Look, the Cubs have not made any offer recently that would take him to age 35. He's at 28 right now. They are prepared to go, okay, we'll give you five years, buy out two years of arbitration, total in length, five years, so he's only till age 33, and the money is not anywhere near what it should be. They're looking, saying, hold on a second, we want you to take us seven years down the road and seven years at $35 million a year gets you close, probably not quite at the level of Anthony Rendon, not quite at the level of Nolan Arenado, but we're talking about all guaranteed, full no trade clause, and Theo Epstein's going, yeah, not so much. I'm not going to give a full no trade. I'm not going to guarantee seven years, and I'm not going to pay that guy $35 million a year, all guaranteed. So thus you're at an impasse. Okay. So we can get you to age 33, and Boris is going, well, why would I do that? At age 33, he can't get a mother, another monster deal, and so thus you have a player who's just going to play out his two years of arbitration, make his $43 million, and then try and hit a home run at age 30. That's their philosophy. 
happy. Hmm. Mookie Betts hits about 30 home runs a year, Cap. The Dodgers have got a whole lot better in this offseason. Uh, clearly, uh, uh, they're the favorites in the National League at, at this point. Uh, when you see a blockbuster trade like that with one of the best players in the game, shifting coach, shifting leads, does that say anything about the game itself, Cap? Or, you know, the Red Sox just have too many good players and they can't play everybody and they want to take a step back for a year or so? What does that say about the game when one of the best players uh, in the game is traded to another team it says that these luxury tax penalties are not just the seven million that ever goes well, why can't you why can't you just write the check for seven million john henry owns the fenway sports group that's worth north of six and a half billion dollars and it's not the seven million in luxury tax penalties that you forfeit money in revenue sharing you potentially affect draft picks and then what do you do if you're Boston and you go, all right, we'll pay a third year in the tax. Oh, we're going to knock your draft pick down. Okay, and then we're going to be, well, we've still got Mookie Betts, so now we're going to go a fourth year in. Okay, we're stripping your number one pick, and we're taking $50 million in revenue share. And you go, well, hold on a second now. At some point, we've got to get under this tax and reset. And that's why the Cubs are in that position, because they look and go, okay, we've got a good team. We don't have a great team. We've made some really bad signings for big money, and we've done an awful job in player development, drafting, and signing. And the ones that worked out, we either traded, Glaber Torres, Aloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, or we have those guys playing for us right now, Chris Bryant and players like that. So when you don't draft and develop, that's where the Dodgers have done such a magnificent job, whether it was, you know, drafting and developing Jock Peterson, who they just moved, or Alex Verdugo, or Gavin Lux, or any of these other guys, Walker Bueller, mm-hmm. they just keep cranking them out. Yep. We'll look at the Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzie Albies, and on and on. Where are those guys for the Cubs? They don't have them. David Kaplan joining us from NBC Sports and ESPN 1000 here on Miller & Condon. Hey, Cap, uh, baseball as a whole this year, we got a slew of new rules coming out. 25-man roster expands to a 26-man roster this year. Uh, Pitchers have to finish a half inning or pitch to three consecutive batters. And one that we haven't talked much about is the IL. Four pitchers now. That's an extended back to a 15-day IL. Batters can still be on there for 10 days. When you look at these rule changes, anything you like, anything that you're concerned about going into the 2020 season? Um, Do I like? I like the rule because as a fan sitting at home, I want to speed things up and Mm -hmm. let's you know, uh, oh boy, this guy's going to face one guy. Now the next guy's going to face one guy, and the next guy's going to... I hated that. Yeah. So I like it. I can imagine a manager saying, great, now I've got to face that lefty with this righty. Probably isn't as conducive to the best strategy to try and win a game, but I do like that. I'm just hoping that the DH comes to the National League. And I think it will, Cap, and I, I'm, I'm surprised, actually, that it's not here in time for this year, but uh, I, I'm with you. I think it's coming. Hey, Cap, i got to ask you, uh, Pete Rose has applied for reinstatement to baseball, and he's and he's doing so based on the seemingly slap on the wrist that the Astros got uh, for their indiscretion uh, with the sign stealing. Rose, Rose admits he doesn't dispute, as, it, as the quote says, the severity of his violations. Cap, don't you think it's time? I know gambling cuts at the fabric of, of all of sports and gambling on your own team and it's when you don't make a bet on your own team what does that say but what in light of what happened to the astros should this open the pete rose reinstatement door yeah i think it's time to put him in the hall of fame now i'd have to know more about some of the other transgressions that 
have come up, come to light over the last two or three years. But I do think when you're the all-time hit king, uh, I'm putting you in as a player, which there is no transgression alleged. All that happened as a manager, I'm not putting you in as a manager. I'm going to tell the whole story of why you haven't been in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think it's time to put him in. Finish up with some basketball cap. The Bulls, another non-playoff year. Though they are in the ninth spot, I guess, in the East. Still four games back of a playoff spot there. Illinois is playing well. We saw a great game with Iowa and oh, Illinois awesome. on Sunday. DePaul, after a nice start, they've fallen back to earth. Are, are the Illini getting any love upstate in Chicago? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, not not like we're talking about it on Sports Talk Radio and breaking down the Illini's roster and schedule and all <laughs> that. But right. I think when I came on... I told you guys a long time ago when they hired John Gross, didn't like the hire. Mm -hmm. I thought it was simply an AD taking the easy way out, hiring flavor of the day. He won a couple games with a third-place MAC team in the tournament, so he must be awesome, so let's hire him. That was after they got turned down by a bunch of guys. John was a nice guy. I didn't think he was very good at the job. He's more of a mid-major guy. When they hired Brad Underwood, you know I came on and said this is a magnificent Mm -hmm. hire love what this guy can do, give him some time, and now that he's gotten some time, he's put together a pretty good roster. Indeed, Cap, great stuff. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, David Kaplan. I look forward to it, boys. Have a great day. Yeah, you do the same. Thank you, Cap. David Kaplan uh, joining us from Chicago Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. If you're in the uh, market for manufactured or natural stone, and soon spring will be here, and we'll be looking at those uh, home projects, and you want to accent or update your exterior or your interior, don't miss those fireplaces, folks. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Centurion Stone of Iowa, uh, natural stone, and it's available and over 200 color and pattern combinations. Visit them online, centurionstoneofiowa.com, or you can check them out in the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. How about that, uh, Kyle Long? I had no idea he was that big, Trent. Yeah, I didn't Jesus. either. Yeah. I mean, he's... I mean, weight-wise. Right. He never looked it, did he? No, I, don't th- I didn't think so. I mean, when you think of guys at that weight, you think of, I mean, just the behemoths of the mm-hmm. league, and Kyle Long never struck me that way. I uh, sh- heard a short clip of him with Cap yesterday, just like a minute clip. Yep. He is really good. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Twitter exploded. When I was checking in, when, when we were at Super Bowl 50, the Hilton San Francisco, which was the NFL headquarters. Okay. So we checked in, and Kyle Long was checking in at the next okay. person right beside me. So yeah. I was st- and I, he never struck me as, oh my God, this guy's massive. Right. Tall wise, right? I mean, I'm 5'10. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was taller than me, but I, I wouldn't have never guessed that he was carrying that much weight. That was how many years ago? Four years ago. So, yeah. uh, anyways. All right. We'll take a time out. Bill Bender, uh, with the D'Antonio news. We're going to get back to that with him. Some college football moves. We'll pick his brain on some of the, you know, the quarterback transfers. We'll catch up a little college football segment with the D'Antonio, uh, cycle round. Rather uh, fresh in everybody's mind. We'll get to Bill Bender coming up next from the Sporting News. Trent and I take you right up until noon. It's Miller and Condon. Thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and now on one Bourbon Whiskey. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and Let's talk some football. After all, it's been since Monday. Twist my arm. <laughs> right? 
I'll wheel a whole bunch here in the weeks slash months to come. Uh, Bill Bender's our guy, Sporting News, one of our go-to guys. He joins us each and every Wednesday during the season and a whole bunch during the offseason. We're grateful for that as well. And when the Mark D'Antonio uh, seemingly sudden, out of nowhere, uh, resignation came yesterday. He was the first guy I thought of in uh, reference to today's show. And Bill joins us from the Sporting News. Bill Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on, Bill Bender. How are you? Hey, it's good to be back on with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, yeah, good to, good to be back. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming on, Bill. Well, the D'Antonio news, you and I and Trent, this came up a couple of times during our weekly conversations. Is there anything to it? Could you see this happening at the end of the season? He shot down those rumors D'Antonio did. He's going to be back. And then uh, as, of, as of today, he no longer is Michigan State's head coach. She was asked at the press conference, Bill, uh, you know, what changed uh, in that time period? What changed in, in your mind, Bill? What uh, What's behind this? Well, I mean, obviously, he was named in a lawsuit. The timing's funny. Um, I just thought thought it was over after the Michigan game this year because I knew Michigan State has been 500 in the league the last two years, back-to-back seven and six records. Just not what he built. And I think they were in that point where, you know, they want to move on, but they also want to respect what Mark D'Antonio has done for that program. I mean, think of this at Iowa. If you guys had a head coach that was 500 against Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, mm. which is what D'Antonio finished, 17-17 and 17 against those three schools. I mean, that guy's probably got a statue outside Kinnick <laughs> sure. if that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, It's tough, it and is. it's an uphill climb always at Michigan State. The question now becomes, uh, in the interim, where do they go? Where does this new hire, Luke Fickle, along with Narduzzi, appear to be the two front runners for the job here in our state? Matt Campbell has been mentioned a couple of different places, but what direction do you expect Michigan State to go? I mean, Fickle's got to be their primary target, and there's mm-hmm. been conflicting reports on that, and, and rather he'll be interested or want to take on that job. And and I think uh, you know that's that's interesting to me. I think he would fit because he checks the same boxes that Antonio did. You know, former Ohio State coach former Cincinnati coach and, you know, understands how important that Michigan rivalry is within the state. I mean, that's going to be the biggest challenge for whoever takes that job is that, I mean, and I'm not cheapening what D'Antonio did. He, he was there when Penn state was under sanctions and Michigan was down and now Michigan and Penn state are up and running. Maybe not at Ohio State's level, but but definitely better than Michigan State right now. Yeah, they're they're clearly in, in my in my opinion the the fourth best team pecking order wise. I mean, you take an, an opening at the other three, I think before you would Michigan State. But your your points well taken, Bill. Seventeen against seventeen, down or not, um, he, he did a nice job there. Um, if signing day would be what it was a few years ago, prior to the December signing period, would this have waited until tomorrow, do you think, this announcement? I mean, on the eve of signing day, seemingly, uh, when there was the only one, uh, th- th- that would have been a, you know, a fatal, fatal to the program in a lot of ways. Would this yeah. have waited? I think so. Um, and, you know, you see one in the, I always tell people, so the, the coaching carousel stopped. And then you always get two or three when you think it's over. We'll probably get another one in the spring. Mm-hmm. We always do. And then and then you wonder how, how you uh, scramble to find a coach. But, you know, for the Big Ten's sake, I mean, D'Antonio, again, another guy where continuity and stability reigned. Now it's, you know, on Kirk and Pat. Are the old, I think they're the two elder statesmen among Big Ten coaches. And Pat's still pretty young. You know, Pat still looks like he can still play. So right. I think it makes it interesting – for both of those schools, that that's uh, where we're at. 
We had this conversation earlier. Both jobs open up. We're on opposite sides. You'll be the tiebreaker here. I a Michigan State and the Nebraska job. What is a better job in your mind right now? You had both job opens. They said, Bill Bender, your head coach, pay is the same. What job are you taking? I'd take the Nebraska job. Uh, it's close, but mm-hmm. I, I think Antonio was Michigan State. At, that's Michigan State at max value to me in, in the modern mm-hmm. era where, you know, in 15 he got him to the playoff. They had the Cinderella season. Awesome team by their standards, don't get me wrong, but what happened when they played Alabama? Yeah. It'd be 38 nothing. I mean, I've seen Nebraska at the highest level beat the best teams, some of the best teams I've ever seen. So I, I would still go there. I'd go take my chances in the West, try to build something. I mean, people how did, people keep saying Scott Frost can't recruit there. He did okay in this cycle. And number two, um, you know, how did Tom Osborne get all those good players? They won football games. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. It was the West that uh, that tipped the scales for me. It's, I think it's easier to win the West than it is to win the East with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, and Indiana seem as they, their arrow is pointing up. I'm not sure how long it will, but uh, nonetheless. Bill, let's move on to a piece you did earlier uh, in the week. And, you know, even though college football seemingly it's only, what, five or six year, weeks uh, in the rearview mirror, you forget some of these moves that have already happened. The quarterback carousel, the transfer quarterbacks, it's remarkable and some big name schools uh have got uh, have got it are going to have a new quarterback under center and you couldn't be any more spot on with jamie newman heading your list former uh, wake forest uh, qb who had a terrific year at wake forest now moves to georgia he's on top of the list but he's certainly not alone bill no i mean guys like dear king chase bryce um big 10 hadn't had that big move yet, but they might. I mean, Peyton Ramsey's on the move. Mm-hmm. He's a nice player, by yes, the way. Yes, he is. An Indiana quarterback. Yep. Uh, you know, Cincinnati, he's pretty good. So he's got, you know, and Michigan State, if I'm the next coach, I'm probably calling Peyton Ramsey pretty quick. Um, you know, and I, I'm intrigued by Costello at, at Mississippi State with, you know, you know Leach is going to throw it 80 times. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do when he gets there. How many teams on that list that can win a national title? Six? Seven? How many teams can win the whole thing in the current structure of college football? Hey, I have a column teed up about that. Right? Ah, nice. It's, it's the same five I always put. So here's a good stat for you guys. Okay. Since, since you te- I'm going to tee up what basically what I wrote. I'll, I'll tease it a little bit for you. So I still think it's five. I think it's Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. And check this out. It is, and there's a few that are still out there. But as of now, those five schools have 19 five-star players mm. among them. And six through twenty-five have ten. Hmm. So I mean, they've just lapped the field. They've doubled up the field, and they all have more four stars than everybody else. I think those five have mastered the recruiting, the development to get guys to the NFL. And, and you know, the one school that I think is getting closer is Oregon. I was just going to say the same thing. Mario's got three five stars coming in. They're recruiting all those kids from Cali. He's done a really nice mm-hmm. job with them, and I think that's going to continue. At Oregon. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think you've got the right five, and then I think you've got the, the leader of the next tier in in, uh, in Oregon. Hey, Bill, uh, there was a – it's nothing set in stone yet, but apparently the Big Ten is moving closer to the one-time transfer rule. of You can transfer when you want, where you want, and play, uh, play right away. Uh, that seems to be gaining movement in the Big Ten. I think if it happened here, I, I almost think yeah, – 
all the remainder of the conferences would have to follow suit. Uh, how close is it? How likely is it? I think it's likely. I don't know the timetable, though. Um, you know, I, he, the Big Ten's taking the lead on something I think they should do. And, and the way I would do it, if I was commissioner of college football, is I would say you can transfer once free of charge. We get the times are different. Kids want to play right away. We're going to probably have you for three years in some places. Um, I would make it virtually impossible to transfer twice, though. Because at some point, you just can't. It's not free agency, right? Unless it was the most extreme situation, I'm not letting you transfer again. And I think, while some people think if if we go to that, it'll be the Wild West, I actually think it would go the other way. I think athletes would be more apt to be wise about when they transfer. And that includes grad transfers. That counts as your one. So, um, you know, if we did it that way, I think there would be a lot less movement because, you know, you have to be smart about your decisions. And if you make a, a wrong decision the second time around, you're going to be stuck there, and that's going to be the end of your collegiate career. Do you think this is a response more to just the way the waiver process, when guys have been able to lawyer up, seems like they get the waiver. Mm-hmm. The student-athletes that do not have that either financial means to do something like that, those are the ones that, sorry, you're going to have to sit out a year. Is that the, what this is a response to from the NCAA saying, let's just get out of this whole waiver process? Well, and here's some news I'm just seeing, unless you guys have seen it. So Campbell is staying at Iowa State, right? Yes, yes. yes. Yep. All right, I'm sorry. I just that just popped up on my timeline. But, yeah, I think, you know, the transfer waiver process is another thing that, um, again, Tom Mars is really taking the lead at that. He was Jay Patterson's lawyer. I believe it might have been Justin Field's lawyer. Or, no, that was another guy. But, anyway, I, I think it's just. Again, so we don't game the system. And you saw that a little bit with that redshirt rule last year where a couple guys are gaming the system a little bit, and that's not the intent of the rule. And again, I think if you just let college athletes transfer one time, free of charge, whatever you want to call it, you can go play right away, that they will make, I mean, that way you're responsible for your decisions at some point, too. I mean, um, look at this Zachary Evans, this five star. He, he signed a letter of intent, he can't sign one today because he already signed one that they released him from. <laughs> so it starts earlier and earlier. Make the kids make better decisions. Yeah, the the receiver last year that bounced all around, and where did he end up, USC or UCLA? He was at Texas, and he was he was back in the Pac-12, and he was in the Big 12. Yeah, there's there's they're taking advantage in some cases, but I do think that the Big Ten's right. Hey, last thing for you, Bill, and this was pretty cool. Uh, Charles Woodson, who's going into the Hall of Fame next year, uh, he's one of the three first-timers, right? Peyton Manning's one of them. Um, uh, Jared, uh, who's the other? Peyton Man- Calvin Johnson, that's the name I'm looking for. And, of course, Charles Woodson uh, and those three. For, to, to Woodson and Man- Manning for sure. But Charles Woodson sent a video message to your son, Grant. How the hell did that come about? That's really neat. <laughs> Our NFL guys were down at the Super Bowl, and they know like Charles Woodson, my favorite athlete, maybe ever other than Tony Gwynn. You know, I mean, because he grew up in Ohio, he's a great Big Ten player, great Green Bay Packer, and uh, so they they sent me this message. They said, "Check your email." And Grant, you know, my son, he's in all the sports, and he saw that it was Charles Woodson. And you know what Woodson told him? And I'll tell your listeners it's the same uh, advice he said that Dion gave him. He said, "Just stay low and always do something extra." And uh, we try to teach that to myself, my son, and, uh, you know, any of the defensive backs out there. Those two, uh, hmm. in my lifetime, the three that did it better than anybody else were Charles Woodson, Deion Sanders, and Ed Reed. Great story. Love that. Yeah, yeah pretty cool story. I put Champ Bailey in there, but that's a pretty good trio on your yeah. list, no doubt about it. Hey, Bill, great to catch up with you. Thank you for doing this, as always, and uh, we'll talk in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Bill Bender. 
Hey, thanks for checking in. Yeah, Appreciate good it. to talk to you. Bill Bender, uh, SportingNews.com is he opines on uh, the D'Antonio. There's more to it. Oh, no doubt. There has to be more to it. Yep. Uh, all right, Trent Condon, we've got four games. We do. One of them is in state. If you're not doing anything tonight, support Des Moines' hometown team. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs need it. Bradley's in town. Um, Point spread's moving. What? So it was really tight. What did up. it open? One. One. Drake by a single point. Okay. Now the doggies favored by three and a half. Whoa, having trouble getting a Braves bet. I guess so. Nap Center, the win streak fell over the weekend mm-hmm. against SIU. I think they bounced back, though. Oh, I'm fingers crossed, Trent. Stay out, of th- stay out of Thursday. Yeah, and you mentioned this at the top of the show. In fact, if the tournament started today, Uh-oh. they would be the number 7 seed because Valpo, oh. who's tied for them with them for 6, has, has the, the tiebreaker. 7-10 game. Oh, Thursday night at 6. A lot of season. They're going to be fine. I hope They're so. going to finish in that top 6. Uh, it's a fun tournament, the uh, the Valley Tournament in St. Louis. It's a ter- terrific. It's easy to get there. It's five mm-hmm. and a half hours. You got it. The, the worst part about that drive? The drive home. That's bad, too. It's, it's Hannibal. You don't like Hannibal? I hate Hannibal. You stop in Hannibal. You get gassed yeah, up. Yes. You grab a bite to eat. What, what state's Hannibal in? Missouri. Darn it. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have something for me there? No, I have something for me there. Well, you thought it was in Iowa? I thought it was in Illinois. Oh, I get where you're I, yeah. I follow the dots here. Yes. I think many of the listeners probably know Absolutely the dots you're trying to connect to. Absolutely do, too. But you could just go over to East St. Louis. There's probably dispensaries over there. Have you been there. to East St. Louis? I have not. That's taken your life in your own hands. I've I have. driven through it. I've never Don't stopped. stop. <laughs> it's a scary Just place. keep going. Reminds me of Vacation, the original Vacation movie. That's where they're rolling through is East St. Louis when the hubcaps are taken off. And Trent, there's so many deserted buildings. It's kind of like Detroit was a few years ago. Hopefully these communities are bouncing back. But it, uh, yeah, I don't know how I ended up there one night. Wish. Scary spot. It was. It was. All right. So let's, um, do you have one of the four games you like more than the others? I do. So I've handed out winners the last two nights here on the show. Mm -hmm. Gave you the Kings over the T-Wolves Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. Gave you Penn State. And that was and tight, half. but still, you cashed. You cashed. That's yep. all that matters. My one pick, my favorite bet of the night, is laying the points with the Purdue Boilermakers. Really? It's at three and a half now. Yeah. And I think this thing might be so sliding up quicker. you think the Hawks get picked off? Huh? I do. I do. It's a road environment. Mm-hmm. They, well, we know what happened in the Nebraska game. You know, the Maryland game. Terps ended up covering in that one. Just, I can just I gotta see, see it. Stefanovic getting hot and, oh, not, no and when he does and he can't miss and right. arms is seven foot two. Uh Boudreaux, you know who Boudreaux reminds me of? Greg Bruner. <laughs> see, the hairline. <laughs> Dartmouth, right, is where he ended up and then is a grad transfer there at Purdue. I think it was Dartmouth. Is that he played where he in was? the Ivy League because Iowa recruited him coming out of oh, high I school. I didn't know that. And it was well, kind of like we talked about with this recruiting class. Boy, they're trying to beat out a bunch of Ivy League squads mm-hmm. then. Maybe Iowa's interest waned there, but he ends up back in the Big Ten and at Purdue. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty nice player. Williams, nice player. I, I like Williams a lot. Mm-hmm. He's springy. Mm-hmm. He can he can get up and down. And I don't know. It, there's not one guy you have to stop on this Purdue Stefanovic. team. Stefanovic. That's just because don't let him shoot. It, he'll he'll fire. He'll kill you. Yeah. He's 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 when he gets going. Uh, what about the clones tonight? Twelve and a half is the number, and it's down. That thing has trickled down to eleven. Help me out here. Well, maybe they just thought it was too many. That's a lot. It is a West lot. West Virginia's good, but... They'll clamp you down defensively. That's just it. And Iowa State, they're just so bad on the other end of the floor. They're so bad defensively, coupled with their, their poor shooting. 
it's hard to come up with a compelling case even to, for me, grab those 11 points. If I had to make a bet on that one, I think I'd be laying, laying with West Virginia so tonight. So two and two, best case scenario in the state? Do, do, do the Bulldogs do the Bulldogs win? I think the MVC teams win. They get the sweep and the uh, and uh, Iowa and Iowa State both go down, huh? What else we get? Hey, I, uh, I saw this when I was looking at the schedule for today. You're going to be very happy. College basketball starts at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock, I saw that. Loyola, Indiana yes. State on CBS Sports Network. 221. <laughs> 530, Villanova at Butler, which should be a great it game. It should be good. I'm really looking forward to mm-hmm. that one. That'll be good. I mean, you talk about an appetizer leading in then to four straight dual, hours of in-state. Dual games Oops. at 6, one on Big Ten, one on ESPN2. Uh-huh. And then the Bulldogs are 8 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. You got it. Beautiful. Or the Nap Center. Head down there. And uh, the game you and I drank this weekend up in Cedar Falls, just 250 tickets remain. Right. And it's more than one. ESPN uh, 3, you said. that uh, You said uh, Fox Sports Midwest picks it up? Yep, that'll be Fox Excellent. Sports Midwest. Also, NBC Sports Chicago will have that one. All right. A lot of basketball to recap tomorrow. Yes, we do. Uh, look forward to it. Uh, ben Jacobson's going to join us tomorrow at 1045 as well. Uh, we are back tomorrow with 10. But prior to that, Murph and Andy slide in at 2. The Fanatics will be here at 4. And then the morning rush will start off Thursday at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.